Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Usually do power rankings on our Wednesday edition of the Steelers Standard. Uh, no real point to doing that until the first week of leading up to that Cincinnati game because then you can actually do your preseason rankings. If we did them now, they just stay the same for the next couple of weeks. There's really no moving and shaking. So we've got time. But we're still going to do a power ranking. We're just going to do the five players that have impressed us the most throughout Steelers preseason so far. So it's the top five players that we have been really impressed with through camp and through the preseason games. Uh, before we get to our top five, and we're going to share our top five in this edition, uh, some honorable mentions that we want to bring up. First and foremost, Mark Robinson, the uh, inside linebacker picked in the seventh round with the Steelers 7A pick. The guy is just a wrecking ball, loves to throw his body around. You see tons of clips of him on YouTube and Twitter from the Jacksonville mm -hmm. game where he just is throwing uh, weight around, knocking lead blockers over to get to running backs, and and he looks really good um, against the third string and the fourth stringers. I think he's going to see a little bit of an increased workload against Detroit, and I think I saw a little report that he was running with the ones a bit in practice the other day for the Steelers too, so... Not to say he's going to come anywhere close to being a legitimate every-down linebacker this year, but I think he's going to get a helmet on game days, and I think he's going to make this final 53, and I think playing a full half of football against Detroit as that guy, like Green Dot guy maybe, is going to go a long way in his development and what they uh, they think they have in, in Mr. Robinson, number 93. I know it's an entirely different position, but it kind of reminds you of Trey Norwood from last year. Someone yeah, like who, the seventh-round pick. Who like, you wow. would have guessed... It's not going to make the team, but here you are. You've done enough, and not only that, there's guys who are clearly less deserving of a roster spot on this team than you are. You've done enough, as 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 you laid out in that in that second preseason game, and you've clearly done enough throughout training camp all four weeks. Where at this point, it'd be you'd be doing a disservice. The Steelers would be by by parting ways. I honestly don't see any reason why he can't elevate above Buddy Johnson in the depth chart right now. You so, don't you don't see anything from Buddy, and you see all, nothing but flashes from Mark Robinson. We were talking about the roster cuts in our previous episode from today, and I've heard a lot of people. Uh, Ray Fittipaldo did an, an article yesterday about his predictions for the final fifty-three. Matt Williamson has said time and time again he has not learned a single thing about Buddy Johnson and is. Now, a little over a year spent with the team. Yeah, I've heard Jerry Dulex say the same thing, and Jerry 
admitted, you know, I thought Buddy was a good pick, and I thought he was going to start to shine at some point, but he just he doesn't bring anything to the table. So, you don't notice him at all. So with that in mind, for Matt and Jerry, Ray made a prediction that Buddy Johnson wouldn't make the Final 53. I don't think that's wrong. I think he might not, I especially mean, given, with Mark's emergence. Exactly, and the fact that Mark's emergence and, and, and Johnson's just plateau of – kind of just being stale his entire time in Pittsburgh. Our great friend Bob Lebriola always says, you know, it's not just about playing well to take someone else's job. The guy in front of you has to play poorly as well. Both sides of the equation are happening in this scenario. Absolutely. Anthony McFarlane Jr., another guy put on the honorable mention. I think he's going to – Ray Fittipaldo did his predictions. He didn't make his 53 men. I think I think he will make it, but I think he is a fringe guy. You know, I think he does have to hold his breath a little bit and have a good showing against Detroit. But the problem is – he had a great showing against Seattle. There was nowhere to run against the, the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. If that's the same case against the young Detroit defensive front with the number two overall pick on it, uh, what can you really do to evaluate your running backs? And you also know that Najee's going to get some carries in this game, so he's going to take away from the Snells and the McFarlands of the world. I do think McFarland makes the 53-man. I think McFarland I would has, hope so. I think he's got value beyond just being a running back. I think he can come in and do some creative things route-running-wise. I, I like him as a weapon. And he just seems to have more juice than Benny Snell does. Benny Benny Snell right now, the thing that he does the best is special teams coverage. That is far and away his mm-hmm. bread and butter at this point. When he runs the football, you just don't see the juice that you see with a Warren, that you see with a McFarland Jr., certainly that you see with a Najee. Like, it just doesn't seem to be there. So special teams may be keeping Benny Snell's pulse alive right now, uh, but I just think that the guys behind him, McFarlane, Warren, they just have more to offer in the actual running aspect of the position. Yeah, I think when we, you and I do what could be our, our final 53 predictions next week, we're going to have some trouble with the running backs slash tight end slash fullbacks because we were talking about it off air here. There's, a, there's an issue with the, the Steelers and how they have the roster arranged now. You consider guys like Derek Watt and Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward, another guy on our honorable mention. On our honorable mention, for sure. But the way the Steelers had their roster organized, how many running backs slash fullbacks slash tight ends are you going to be able to keep? It's it's a tricky situation, and so that's why it was confusing to see someone leave off Tony Mack of their final 53, but given... Someone's going to be left off that's surprising. Steelers, the Steelers are likely going to go forward or move forward with Connor Hayward and, and Derek Watt for, I, I you could say for their, their contributions on the field, mm-hmm. their, their training camp so far, but also because of the, the last name has a big deal as, has a lot to do with it. So it's going to be tricky trying to whittle your way down to 53 when you have a sense of loyalty to two of these guys. A couple more guys on this uh, honorable mention. Someone that has been dealing with an injury the past uh, week and a half. Didn't get to see him against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but Arthur Millette has really shown up mm-hmm. as a guy who, not going to be Mike Hilton, but maybe he can be Mike Hilton light. He's made a lot of tackles for losses in the run support. Yep. Uh, you saw that in the Seattle game, and you've seen that in practice a lot. Love to see what he can do as a blitzing uh, uh, defensive back like Mike Hilton used to do all the time, but he is certainly safe. Uh, not only on this 53-man roster, but you're going to see Millet on game days do some specialty things in, in that secondary. So it's really good to see him come on. They've been trying to replace Mike Hilton for two years now and the the unique skill set that he brought to the table. And I don't think Millet's going to be able to match that unique skill set, but I think he's going to be able to duplicate it to a degree, and that's just huge for the Steelers. Absolutely. And watching training camp unfold, he actually, I know you mentioned that he was able to get some tackles for loss some good pass breakups 
at the line of scrimmage, but he's actually had a couple of good uh couple reps when they were doing seven shots in the end zone going up against guys like Chase Claypool, yeah. George Pickens, 50-50 balls. He's able to get a hand in there. So in a limited capacity, when you get to see him, he expect him to not be a, a splashy playmaker, but do enough to keep the ball from progressing down the field. And before we get to our top five, officially, Miles Jack, the inside backer. Uh, he's kind of cheating putting this on this list because we already know what we're going to get from him, or at least we expect to know what we're going to get from him. Uh, but more is going to be on his shoulders when you see the struggles from Devin Bush and Robert Spillane and all the other linebackers because I think the plan, and I've said this all along, is let's have Miles Jack come in as a really good number two, the best number two that Devin Bush has had in his tenure here, and that'll help Devin really excel as a number one. It's going to be Miles Jack as the number one inside backer this year for the entirety of the season, so he's going to have a lot on his shoulders, and hopefully he can step up and and fill that void. Hopefully, I think, is the key word there because – a year ago, we were saying, hopefully Joe Schobert, who was a pro bowler in Cleveland and Jacksonville, would right. be able to come and lead this team. By the way, you see who just got cut from Denver when they, made, when they made their way down to 80 men, Joe Schobert. And he just signed on. to the, like mm-hmm. He wasn't there all offseason. Right. He no, signed like he a week ago or something. Week, I think like week one so, or two of the of the Very pre-season. short stay for him in Denver. Yeah. Joe Schobert, so, is, uh, his career's on life support right, right now. So hopefully for sure you get more out of Miles Jack than you did of Joe Schobert last year. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get to our top let's five Steelers that have impressed throughout training camp. Another guy here at number five that's a little bit of a cheater. Uh, in our side of things to to put him on the list, but I'm going to put Larry Ogunjobi. Um, a little bit of a cheat code, but for good reason, just because he hasn't been around for as much. And so in the limited time you got him, even though you expected him to be okay, he actually has a lot for you. And again, you have to consider the risk by the Steelers for him to come in when he was hurt, when he played his final year, he was passed on by Chicago so there were some risks for the Steelers to bring him in, but considering his limited availability or or his limited visibility to the team, he's done enough to impress. The Steelers are not obviously going to shy away from his usage this year. No, yeah, it's all about the Liz Frank injury because every time he's been on the field for practices, uh, we saw him a little bit against Jacksonville uh, in the preseason game. He's looked really good. He's looked like the guy that got that long-term lucrative deal from Chicago before you know, his injury, unfortunately, told him he couldn't um, – or the Bears decided to 
shy away from him because of the injury that he was dealing with. So I, I think that he's got sky is the limit potential when it comes to this defensive front. He's going to be second to third best player on that defensive front uh, throughout the entire season. And I think he's does things that are so good, not only in stopping the run, but in his ability to get after a quarterback mm-hmm. and pass rush too, is going to keep him on the field for all three downs, which is super valuable in today's NFL. He checks every box as far as the ability to play is concerned. It's just how he's going to deal with that injury and if that injury might creep up a little bit throughout the season and keep him sidelined or or keep him less than 100%. If he is fully recovered and is able to get back to his 100% Larry O self, this is a guy that is going to be a massive steal for uh, not just the Steelers, but across the the NFL in this offseason free agency period. Absolutely. Uh, getting him... Getting him, Cam Hayward, and Tyson Alualu together healthy, fully healthy, fully capable, or, or at least 100%, right, in their capabilities, that's going to be a lot of fun to mm-hmm. watch the three of them work together considering the state of the defensive line last year. Number four, a guy that, you got- a guy that you know, I think was off the people's radar until the camp started, but that's Gunnar Olszewski. Uh, punt return, kick return specialist, but also... A guy that I think has really got a strong grasp on that number five wide receiver spot in this depth chart and I think is definitely going to make the 53-man roster and get a helmet on game day. Uh, he's just so different from all the other wide receivers. Yep. You know, He does that dirty work, that Edelman-esque kind of stuff where he's going to get shake a defender in the slot five yards down the field, find the pockets in zones, and just be a real pest. And you've seen that kind of pest attitude um, – rub off on some of the Steelers. I mean, Minka and him went at it in a drill uh, right. earlier this training camp, and it was Minka who was saying, nope, I want Gunner again. Give me Gunner again. And Tomlin talked about that whole matchup afterwards, and he was like, we didn't do that for Minka's benefit. Like, number 39 <laughs> doesn't need any of that extra help. It's all about Gunner. And Gunner, rang, Gunner answered the call there and looked really good, and he's looked really good in every aspect of camp, you know. You bring this guy in, you expect him to be your punt return specialist, and then all of a sudden he's doing so many good things in the receiver game that you can't ignore it. You love to see that. And they've been kind of looking for that type of receiver for a while now, that just like kind of like weird little small scat guy that can sure. get in between the, the uh, holes of a defense and really be a pest that causes a headache. You know, one of those guys that you know you don't think should be doing much against your defense, but then you look up and he's got five catches for 60 yards and he's converted three of your team's first downs uh, on third down. So... He, he is a guy that I, I think is not only going to make an impact in the punt return game this year, um, but he's going to be a, a weapon to use in red zone and third down uh, passing situations. And the quarterbacks trust him. That's the main thing is sure. he's got hands that the quarterbacks trust and they're not afraid to throw him the football. I mean, hell, the first touchdown pass of Mitch Trubisky's Steelers career, be it a preseason game, was to Gunnar Olszewski. So Gunnar has really impressed throughout this entire process. I think people thought he was going to make it anyway, you know, as that punt return guy. But it's just extra encouraging to see what he's bringing to the table in the wide receiver room, too. Absolutely, and a lot of the comparison a lot of people make from Gunner is to uh, uh, Jalen Samuels from a couple of years ago. You don't have a guy like this just to be kind of a thorn in your side as a fan, right? People were were losing their minds for the Steelers going to a guy like Jalen Samuel so often, right? When Ray they, Ray McLeod. Ray, Ray McLeod from last year. It's the same It's the same person. 
Ryan the, those two, the, year the Those three that. guys were. I think Gunner is a step above, right? You're not going to see Gunner because the way that they use Ryan Switzer, um, sorry, Jalen Samuels and uh, Ray McLeod in the last couple of years, it was too much that you saw out of those three guys, right? Gunner O, when you get to see him, you'll see him a lot on the special teams and you'll get to see him in limited packages on the offense. But I think because of that limitation, the Steelers fans will be a lot happier. Yeah, you're not going to see 14 targets a game like you did with right. Ray McLeod sometimes. Right. It's just not going to happen. I was actually watching the San Francisco's uh, 49ers preseason game recently. I think it was last week on the NFL Network, and <laughs> Ray McLeod caught a touchdown pass. And the announcers for San Francisco were like, this is why they love this guy. He's not just a special teamer. He can get things done in the wide receiving game as well. And I was just like... True, but don't throw the ball to him twenty you times want, a game. You want if you him have catching Debo like Samuel and yeah, Brandon Ayuk, and he's good for three or four targets. And a George game. Kittle, there's no reason to give Ray Ray McLeod the ball. And that's and kind it's of the same, same thing we ran into here. Exactly. There's so many other weapons. Why is he the leading target getter? I think Gunnero is 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 ahead and ahead above these other guys that we've mentioned so far. Uh, between going all the way back to Ryan Switzer, so. You shouldn't be upset whenever you get to see Gunnar Rowe on the offensive side of the ball. Number three on our power rankings, we got Kenny Pickett. I mean, you had to put the quarterback somewhere, right? He's been just massively impressive so far throughout his first training camp and his first preseason as an NFL player. And I think the most encouraging thing for him is he gets better every single day. You know, mm-hmm. he looked lost in his first week when he when he moved in on St. Vincent campus and didn't look like he belonged in the NFL. He quickly got over that, and by the time it was – uh, his first preseason action, he looked like he was um, a man amongst boys in that Seattle game when he stepped on the field for mm-hmm. that second half. So confidence is building every single day. He gets better every single day. He looks more and more like an NFL quarterback as the as the preseason winds on. And Tomlin said that very thing. You know, someone asked him, "Are you impressed with Kenny's ability to get better each and every day and improve on the things that you guys are telling him to improve upon almost seamlessly?" And he kind of laughed and was just like, no, that's what he's supposed to do. We picked this guy number one overall. Right. He's our number 20 pick in the draft. Like, we want him to get better. It would be a problem if he wasn't getting better every single day. But he is. And the one thing about Kenny that I was a little bit worried about, you know, I'm a huge Pitt fan, so I saw him up close and sure. personal a ton. I was a little bit worried that he would come out and be a little bit flat and look a little bit like the moment mm. was too big for him. He has that it factor, man. He looks like right. an NFL He's a baller is the word that a lot of people have used. And now here we are at number three, Tom. We put Larry O and we put Gunnar O as our five and four, and we mentioned guys like Mark Robinson, among others, for our honorable mentions. These top three guys are the guys who are going to make the biggest impact on the team who had the biggest splash in training camp, right? Kenny Pickett being number the number three guy. Mainly because I think you had to put Kenny at three and not any higher just because you know he's not going to be starting. You know it's going to be Mitch to start the season. Well, and the other two guys that we're going to talk about, number one especially, has been more impressive than Kenny for sure. Well, for sure. Yeah. But also, too, given Kenny's performance at the end of the game in week one of the preseason against Seattle and the end of the half last week against, um, oh, my gosh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Sorry. Yes, he made some splash plays there, but that, that, that is just a reassurance of why you went out and you spent a first-round pick on this guy, right? 
No question. I mean, that's what you want to see out of your first round pick is he's NFL ready and he gets better every single day and he's doing that. And again, he looks the part and that's the people have said that countless times over the past couple of weeks is what's the biggest thing you're looking for out of a young quarterback? Does he look the part? He does. And is he NFL ready? There's guys like Daniel Jones that still don't look the part. There's guys that are starting in this league that just never, ever seem to look comfortable. They don't. Give up, they don't emit confidence, right? You, you see Kenny get out there, and you, you just see him, and you see his control of the game. And something, again, I'll reference that I referenced in an earlier episode from this week was Mason Cole and in a uh, locker room interview had said, or had, had shared with the media that when they got into that huddle to do that one-minute drill at the end of the half, the first half against Jacksonville, Mason Cole said, Kenny was telling us constantly throughout that drive, here's the game situation. Do not forget what yeah. is what is going on here. We have this many yards to go with this amount of time. We're going to clock the ball if we get it to this point. We're going to use our timeout if we get it to this point. That's how it's going to go. The yeah, guy no just question. clearly understands it. Yeah, and again, not to say that we're going to put him as the number one starter right away. We're not anointing him that right, right now. But it's, it's a matter of... It's not a matter of if, when. It's a matter of when, when he takes over. Exactly. But that could be, to no fault of his own, in two years from now, at the end of Mitch Trubisky's stay in Pittsburgh. Just because if Mitch goes out and he's able to lead this team to a playoff uh, appearance this year and next year. Oh, boy. You think it's an oh, boy situation? Yeah. You don't think that they just say, well, let's go with Kenny from that. Like, we'll just move forward with Kenny. And- walk away from Mitch, trade Mitch. I don't know. Well, you wouldn't trade him after two years. He'd be a free agent. Right. So he'd just walk away and you get a comp pick. That'd be really tough, though. I'm really hoping that that doesn't play out that way. I hope it plays out where they're kind of 500 this year and not looking great on offense. So you can make that switch in the week eight by easily. And then it's just yep. off to the future with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Uh, number two on this list is a guy that I think has come out of nowhere more than anybody else, and that's undrafted rookie running back Jalen Warren. Um, you want to talk about a guy who looks like he runs with some juice. I mean, Jalen Warren looks the part for sure. He looks like he belongs. I really think he's going to make this 53-man roster. I-, I think that he's the surprise in that aspect. You know, there's always one or two guys that show up to camp off the radar of everybody, quickly put themselves on everybody's radar and ends up making this team, and I think Jalen Warren is that guy this year. Uh, His big thing in this Detroit game, I want to see you make a tackle on special teams. I want to see you get down there and do what Benny Snell does because if you can start covering like Benny Snell on the special teams... There's no reason for the Steelers to keep both of you. No reason at all. You'll be the... If you do that on the special... You'll be the number two guy on this depth chart before you even know it, and I'm not even... I'm not even ruling out Jalen Warren being... Maybe not number two on the depth chart every week when you look at it, but in their coaching staff's mind, if Nodge is out for long term, he's our guy that we go to with, you know, 20 carries a game. We were saying at one point throughout training camp that without his special team contributions, Jalen Warren can make his way or work its way up the depth chart to RB2. That's without the special teams. That's a great point that you brought up, though. If you can do what other guys at your position are doing, and that's the reason they're kept on this team for a couple of years— if you can do offensive production as a backup running back and contribute on special teams, there's no reason for them to keep the other guy around. When you're the younger one, you're the faster one for sure, and you are able to be a better RB2 behind Najee Harris. But this is training camp is made especially for guys like Jalen Warren, 
right? Training camp, you want your team to kind of come together and gel. But it's also, you know, we've been talking about the, the roster dwindling down to, to 53. You want in a training camp for someone you don't expect to kind of rise up above the others and yes. say, hey, I know I was brought here, but I'm going to prove that I actually deserve to be on a, on a final 53-man roster. Training camp is made for guys like Jalen Warren. Let's just hope, Tom, that given what we got out of him from this from the 2022 training camp, that it actually is able to translate into real NFL action. And don't get me wrong. It is, like, not unheard of to have undrafted rookies running backs come nope. in and be really not just – you know, established players, but like starters sometimes. Two years ago, James Robinson with the Jaguars. Exactly. He ran for a thousand yards his rookie year. Yeah. So like people miss on the running back position enough where or they just don't value the position enough to utilize a draft pick on it. You find talent in anyway. the undrafted heap more so than a lot of other positions in the NFL at the running back and spot. You, you know what the best part about this is? We're talking about R B two. Right, yeah, RB1 yeah. is locked up. Well, that's the thing. That's it's the like, best part about it, is that we don't even have to worry about Jalen Warren being the guy. It's not like the inside linebacker spot, where it's just like mm-hmm. we're talking about like Mark Robinson looking good, and it's just like, is it? are we so desperate that he ends up becoming a starter at some point this year? Like, no, we're never, we're never going to get to the point this year where Snell, McFarland, Warren ever get to be the starter as long as number 22 is healthy. He's healthy. And I don't see any reason why he won't be healthy. The work ethic's insane. Uh, the dude has become more in shape, if that's possible, this season. So, right. yeah, it is so refreshing to be able to talk about this from this angle where there is no desperation, and we're just talking about the depth kind of looking uh, better than we thought it would. And honestly, kudos to the Steelers for not going out and signing a veteran because— Which is what something that you were trying to call to do, for. I think a yeah, lot right. of people wanted them to do yeah, that. Sure. They liked what they had in-house, and I think they got a little lucky with Jalen Warren being— ending up being who Jalen Warren ended up being, you know. If Jalen Warren didn't end up being this guy that we're all infatuated with and think could be the number two, then I think we'd still be banging that drum like, I know Anthony McFarland looked okay, but, like, we know what he is. We know what Benny Snell is. We got to go out and get somebody. They kind of did go out and get somebody. It's just not the route that we all thought they would take. Instead of a veteran established, they got a very unestablished, undrafted rookie, and it's paying off so far at least. So far, so good. Uh, We won't know for sure until, you know, live bullets start flying, but... He's checked every single box that you could ask him to check. Absolutely. And whenever he gets that chance, his first chance to to be with the team in the regular season. He will get a regular season carry this year, I guarantee it. He'll get a hat. He'll get a helmet yep. several times throughout the season. He might get a helmet every time throughout the season. Uh, it just might end up playing out that way. If, if, if the roster cuts go in the direction that Benny Snell doesn't make the final 53, Jalen Warren, huh? He's going to, though. Jalen Warren should get a helmet every week. If if that's the way the cards are are dealt. Last but not least, I think it's fairly obvious where we go for number one in these power rankings. George Pickens, Mm -hmm. the wide receiver out of Georgia. Dude looks like a star in the making. Dude looks like he could be the number one wide receiver for the Steelers before the season's all said and done. Every single day, he just seemed to do something that made everybody wow. Uh, practice, preseason games, you name it. He has shown up in both of those occasions big time. Um, maybe a little bit quiet against the uh, the Jags in that game, but I don't think he got more than a couple of targets. Yeah, though. but that'll happen every once in a while for a receiver. Um, but it's just been so this impressive is... to see him play throughout this camp in this preseason process. But it's the same conversation we were kind of having with Jalen Warren and Ajay Harris. Oh, if 
oh, are we going to really be killing ourselves because George Pickens doesn't have the great game? But Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson combined for, what, over 100 yards and a touchdown or two on their end? No, we're not going to be complaining about that. This guy is wide receiver three. And, yes, he's been the most impressive out of all three receivers. But he's wide receiver three. We're not going to be, again, kicking ourselves because he's not having 100 yards and a touchdown every single week. He's just going to be able to make the splashy plays. We've seen him make the one-handed catches. We've seen him make the combat catches. We just, we're just we eager to see him do it in real NFL action. He seems like the thoroughbred of the group, though, and I would not be surprised if he ends up leading the team in targets maybe at the end of the season. Uh, I know Deontay has been holding that mantle down for the past couple of seasons. But, but it's a different quarterback. Yep, it's a different quarterback, and... Dude, just they love going to Pickens. I mean, you saw when Pickett and Trubisky had their best two minute drills. Yep. During a practice period and training back to camp. back. Pickens, Pickens. Thirty five yard completion Pickens, down the sideline, and then it was that that tip ball to himself with the one handed catch. And then I believe it was earlier that day too, Tom, or maybe it was the very it was the very next day. Sorry, because seven shots are how the Steelers begin practice. Mm-hmm. So you have that two minute drill, which is how they typically end practice, right? Right. The very next day, it's seven shots. Mitch Trubisky, back-to-back touchdown passes to start seven shots, both to George Pickens. He's going to be their go-to guy sooner rather than later. Like you said with Pickett, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's the same thing with Pickens. When is this guy going to be that number one target? When is he going to be that number one guy for this team? And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. It could be be around the time where the, the Steelers have to face possibly letting Deontay Johnson go after this contract extension expires, and that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Or they could just let Chase Claypool go when his contract's yeah. up in a year. So they have options now at the receiver spot if Pickens does deliver like we think he's going to deliver. I could see him being this year's Jamar Chase. I know that they don't have a Joe Burrow that's going to be throwing him the football, and you cannot duplicate the Burrow-Chase chemistry that uh, they've had for ever dating Four back years. to LSU yeah. now. So. But I just feel like he's going to be that guy that comes onto the scene, and he's not only the best of the rookie wide receivers, but by week 14 we're saying, is this guy a top 10 receiver already? Kind of like we were with Chase, and would not be surprised if he gets close to 1,000 yards receiving in his rookie season. Nope, not at all. No, and he's he's it's hard to not get too excited about the guy, but the hype is real for George Pickens, and I think it's deservedly so. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. On our next episode, we're going to take a look around the NFL, talk about some headlines that are going uh, on in the league, and we're also going to take a look at each division and tell you how many teams we think can realistically be crowned division champion in all eight across the league. That is on our next episode. Thanks for listening to this one. He's Jacob Recht. I am Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you on the next Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.